There is something vile and grim about the average person. Somebody with skeletons in their closet, always hiding in plain sight. Something that lies within, unspoken, unheard of. Some things are wretchedly dark. Some things are just plain evil. Welcome to the Empty Your Glass podcast, and my name is Anton, and I'm here with Adi and Ron once again. And tonight's topic, you're gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be the fanaticism of serial killing in pop culture and in media. Alright, so Adi, say something to the people. Yes, hello again to our fellow, to the compies, to our listeners. Okay, so, uh, Uh, I wish that you are okay right now with all the with all the things in the world, and I hope you are taking care of yourself. Right there. Wow, sana, sounds like sounds like okay. a cancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, sana all, sana all, everyone is okay. Well, I think you're me too, or is it just me who's not yet okay with everything? Well, I'm so stressed. How about you guys? Are you stressed? Run, yo. <laughs> How about you, Ron? Hello, 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 everyone, and uh, nice meeting you all. And to our listeners and to our kakampais, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, to whatever time you'll be listening to our episode two of our podcast, of our podcast rather. So yeah, um, everyone is having their own cup, so I, I also have mine. Wow. All right. All right. So yeah, I've been been doing uh, good lately. Still stuck in home because of work and because all of those happening all around us. But yeah, I, I think it's been tough lately for everyone because of what's happening around of this pandemic and then a lot of changes has been happening. But slowly, I think right now I'm trying to overcome and still fighting to be sane and to be fine and to be okay. But of course, there will be those days that ah, I don't want to go up in bed. I just want to stay all all day in the bed because I'm tired and like that. So, yeah, and it's it's very important to really talk to someone, to reach out to someone, and to really be with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. especially when you don't have really that good or okay days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Sounds like Audi had a rough week, and Ron is like. Barely making it. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, how about your ton? Well, how about, uh, how about your ton? Not okay at all. <laughs> no. Super busy week. Super tight schedule. Always on the go. Always on the fly. But still, lumalaban. Lumalaban. <laughs> Alright. So moving back to our topic, guys. So episode two is centered around the fanaticism of serial killing. Absolutely. Serial killers, everybody likes them. Who does not know at least one serial killer in this world, right? Crime dramas, you've seen it on news outlets. Rather, you see it more in media, right? In movies, in yes. music videos, and even in 
uh, what do you call those? Tread forums, endless amounts of tread forums and story vlogs and YouTube content as well. So, why? So rampant, right? There's something crazy about um, studying evil, right? There's, there's something interesting about the things that bother us in a way. Mm-hmm. But somehow that stretches to a point where it's beyond. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, it's too much, right? Too much of something is never really a good thing, and we know that, right? By how much a certain uh, exposure to something influences us in a way, how we think, how we perceive normality, right? Some somewhere along the lines, it somehow influences your judgment. <laughs> Crazy thing, um, serial killing and psychology kind of gets mixed up you know some way of forming the community right and right it's the close it's the very classical sociopath and psychopath debate and whether or not this dude's really crazy or not and how do you how do we go from there like run like you you know stuff about personality disorders and also psychopathy right so what's your take on that I definitely resonate with you, Anton, on the matter. You know that um, this topics, um, specifically about killings, about uh, serial killings, um, related to um, sociopathy and psychopathy, and it's really what hooks up the the people, especially the masses, on this topic because it gives us a lot of questions and it it leaves us an impression of what's the reason that these people were able to kill um, a lot of people at the end. And in a way, um, most businesses has also capitalized on this kind of uh, topic. And if you would notice, it's it's very visible on the most famous movies or the most famous series on the in Netflix, for example. So it's really visible in the mass media because it captures the, the curiosity of the people. But if you're going to ask me from maybe from a psychological perspective, and I'm sure you would also have also uh, similar ideas since we have been studying this during our undergrad and even during an, an hour graduate studies, um, um, some of the symptoms or the behaviors of the people have been quote unquote been called as serial killers. They are termed that. They, ha- they might be a psychopath or even sociopath because some of their behaviors somewhat resonated with symptoms of the disorders find in the used by the clinicians used by the psychologists and psychiatrists uh, worldwide and uh, in fact um, clinicians have their own uh, manuals or their books wherein they're going to assess or going to check if the person have this specific um disorders um for example um the american uh, psychiatric association have developed their own um diagnostic criteria it's called the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders and whereas the who have developed the international classifications of diseases and in those um diagnostic books or those references we can find um several i mean it's like a glossary of mental disorders <laughs> or it's like um one of my professor would even joke that it's like a recipe book 
of <laughs> mental disorders or different um um different problems people encountered but yeah i mean and most of the symptoms or behaviors of these people that we have known to be serial killers have similarities and overlapping behaviors of disorders to be specific it's mo- they might have um conduct and or personality disorder so we um these textbooks or these references have their own um specific uh, sections um describing um having a very strict and rigorous um criteria that these people should meet in order for them to be diagnosed with that specific disorders but I'm just go i'm not going to uh, maybe share what will be the okay. disorder because this is not a class but yeah, yeah that's the generally the idea yeah. about it that people who have been um called quote-unquote serial killers um psychopath or sociopath might have mental health disorders or problems which can be found on those references but yeah but quick disclaimer for everyone and my stand on this one is that um because these textbooks these references are very um call this very strict and it seems that we are trying to put people in containers so we try to fit each people into a specific criteria so that we can label them we can put a specific um diagnosis for them that they have this specific elements but just need to consider that whenever a person has this manifestation of maybe symptoms it doesn't mean that all the time all of the symptoms are there so there might be one or two symptoms etc so there is a possibility that this um criteria or this um references might be not be used properly and um there is really um a negative connotation or a negative effect to that if we put label to people who have been manifesting this behavior without fully um assessing or without really looking at the overall picture of the person so the way i saw things is that if the person have manifestation of these problems or behaviors then if you go just to see the physical manifestations without looking on the inside or on the other factors of the person then there might be a possibility that we put judgment on that person mm. and that we don't fully know what's the real story behind that person so my stand on that is that um yes um the the, the diagnosis is helpful but it should be done very carefully and should be done by a license or a professional who have been experienced diagnosing such disorders and not just um just using it like a recipe book okay i have the symptoms okay this is a checklist for me uh, so yeah uh, reminds me of um first first year second year of psych and you first know first see the dsm5 and you start reading symptoms and you say hey this sounds like me <laughs> yeah. when you're diagnosing yeah. Fun. yeah when when you're that rookie of a psych student like i know someone that has this <laughs> yeah 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 we've all been there we've all been there 
Yeah. yeah, but as time passed by, and I think with our work now, uh, maybe we became matured enough. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, that there will come a time. It would be a problem if you're self-diagnosing, right? Yeah, yeah. There will come a time that we will just um no, this is not how this works. It's just. Um, it's too bookish, it's too theoretical enough, and it's not what is really happening to the clients. If we are seeing clients who have this kinds of disorders or symptoms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that banks to the idea of serial killing, right? Because yeah. there, it's very easy for you know news outlets for people to like police or rather uh, yeah, news outlets and media to label certain people who commit crimes into a certain box the same way we would um, we have the tendency of doing so you know right right from the start especially when we're you know fresh psych students and that we tend to put people in boxes and and actually even as we grow in the profession we also do have we're still fighting that tendency to not just put people in boxes because you know they're more than just a bag of symptoms they're actually people that are working living and you know doing honest work but yeah where it draws the line right? serial killing right it's a serious thing so that's where it's it deserves a serious title <laughs> they'll always yeah. sprinkle a lot of it on top yeah so yeah. a quick question lang for you guys what's who is your favorite serial killer that you can think of on your mind right now and why well, have you decided on that person? Okay, well, for me, actually, I, oh my God, I forgot the name, but then actually, it's a woman. She made the Aqua Tofana. Are you are you guys familiar of it? Like, uh, she made the Aqua Tofana, and it's meant for like the customers who are who are uh, women who are ma- married, and then they were they were uh, they were abused by their their husbands, like in the I think it was like in the 18th century like that and then everyone else wasn't uh, doesn't have any options of divorce like that like we have right these days so the number one solution is just to kill your husband so that you will be free from tyranny like that so it it's quite uh i know that it has a sort of like a purpose it's like a good quote-unquote good purpose but then was a killing is never a good option right so um but then uh having uh, these kind of abuses were not not really um like reported directly to the police because during those times like it's easy to tweak some informations about justice like uh, they just they just uh like pay or say that you will be you will be punished if you are going to help this woman uh, regarding the abuse. So it's more on the patriarchal side during those times. So I really admire the work of this. I forgot the name. I'm really sorry, <laughs> but uh, yes, she made the aquatofana. So it was really like it has a quote unquote good purpose, but it's never like it's never like a good one. Like it's never meant. Uh, like we do not do not have to kill people just to be but during those times it, it is a must it's the options are limited it's limited what about you guys mm. Danny circles that comes into your mind run anyone in particular um 
Wait. I'm uh, I'm thinking of I cannot think of a specific person of but I can think of if it's more on a what do you call this more on group of people. It's like an institution. Mm. And, and, and I mean it 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 happened way back before when everything was still in um very I think in the Middle Ages around um when um societies are still developing. So I'm not sure if you heard of the story of uh, of the killings of uh quote unquote the witches the witches of the um in the in the in the in the European countries. Uh I've read this um our um story that um in the church before um when you identified not as Christian you are being per- persecuted and um that um it's also that uh the story is like that if you're going not to believe on christianity and if you um if you're a woman at that time then you will be accused of a witch and then you will be burned in the in fire in in the public place like everyone can see so it's like a that that, that was really like wow it was really wild and that's that's the thing that comes to mind to me when about serial killing because it's not just about the act of killing by a person individually but i think it's also um group of people or like an institution doing the act and at those time it was okay it it was even the church having the decree Yeah, imagine hating someone and just say telling the telling the church they're the witch. Yeah, 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 that that actually happened. Yeah, that actually happened. I've just watched the video in TED Talk. I think it was in Spain. We're in there was um um because Spain now is a very Catholic country, but way before in the Middle Ages there were some forms of Muslim community. So they had this decree that. Um, you need to um, let the to maintain the power in the country or to the empire. You need to really have a uniform of um, form of religion, and that that's they're one of their mechanisms. So you need to pinpoint who is not um, a Christian or who's not Roman Catholic, and then if um, some will just pinpoint that this person is a witch, then even if within the family members, then they will be killed and persecuted. <laughs> Yeah. So the, those days were more on the political side to control uh, the people, right? Yeah, Just actually. Their own interest. Yeah, yeah. So this is my perspective is quite unique. I think that uh, I can think of um, a specific person that into um, serial killing, but I think I've known someone, but maybe this. Um, perspective just prevailed more because of uh. the, the issues that. It mm. intersected with other topics, mm. religion, oh, yeah. politics. It would, it would, it would. Back back in the days, you can just really just blackmail someone as this and that, and then no but no evidence at all, and people will still believe you because you're yeah. a it's, you're a very convincing person. I <laughs> know. Yeah, exactly, yeah, know. exactly. Uh, so if, if I if I were if I were to choose a serial killer back in my days, there's only like one or two people that come into my mind and as a kid growing up kanang, I don't really I'm, I'm not I wasn't really scared of clowns until mm-hmm. I you know like later on I wasn't really scared of clowns but John Wayne Gacy comes to my mind 
and that scares that makes me scared of clowns like i don't, i wasn't actually scared of clowns but when when i think of a clown i associate it now to john wayne gacy now john wayne gacy dressed as a clown um and you know it's kind of creepy yeah that was creepy he dressed as a clown so the thing with serial killers um in most aspects or if not you know most of them in popular culture and media is they tend to hide in plain sight they ha- always have the catch me if you can vibes but without making it so obvious I know. um you know we, we we've, we've seen articles and documentaries of ted bundy evading the police on multiple occasions john wayne gacy also avoided the police because he was a good moral man with a with a crowd in an audience that was you know firm loving husband standard of community did clown work for children and then eventually molested them but you know that's up but if not that my biggest favorite would have to be ed gain Mm-hmm. Because that's the kill- serial killer that started it off and spawned many multiple genres of horror movies. From Leatherface to um, American Psycho to... I guess what was that? Yeah, Psycho. The, the Psycho series. Those were based off of Ed Gain. And Ed Gain was that guy. And it even branches to Psych because he, <laughs> at that time it was debated that he had an issue with his mom that he had a hard yeah. time he there was a point where he wanted to become his mom because he would dress up as his mom while also killing its victims and so now he wears a wig pretending to be his mom in a way uh, so and his mom hated, hated women though so that's why most of his victims were women and he would yeah, he had- Yeah. yeah. Though he's the one that has one of the lowest kill counts. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Imagine, uh, it's not the matter of how much he killed, but the manner in which he killed. Because he mm-hmm. would collect the pieces of bodies, turned it into belts and wigs and and you know stuff, stuff to wear. He would put it as leather for his couch, for his mm-hmm. yeah, for inside. There were skulls in his. You know, for... <laughs> very bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. Like he would make a. Imagine if you could make a dining room out of human flesh, and like things like that, or an area, and and that's perfectly normal for him. So there has to be the cuckoo meter is way up there, <laughs> if you if you ask me, right? There, it's more than just. It's not just mere motive of wanting to kill. It's also slightly killing with a convince that he has to kill in a way but you know that takes the cream of the cake for me in terms of that but speaking of serial killing and you know since we talked about um them and their lives right hiding in play side if they're not hiding in play side they actually seem you know that's kind of exaggerated in media like yes. they were different very different and uh, but the thing is they're a lot closer to normal people than we actually are even if they do hide in place plain sight remember some of them have family some of them have friends some of them have people <laughs> that actually knew them and hey that's a good guy i met him in college something like that and the you, you know this stuff like when it comes to family right i mean mm. yeah. okay can you so tell yeah. me more on that 
Yeah, sure. So actually, when it comes to like, there is a certain um, I I I'm I'm really catched with your uh, with your statement like they are living the normal life. So yeah, so I was really struck with uh, Ted Bundy. I never thought that he is a he is really a serial killer. Like the more the more I um explore this kind of uh this kind of things. It is it is re really unusual for me to search serial killers randomly in the internet. Psych major. <laughs> yeah. Ted yeah, Bundy well, is a psych major. Yes, yes, Ted Bundy is a psych major, and it, it it's really scary. Like, uh, he's using the, the the learnings that he got, the experiences that he got. Imagine he's he's into social work. Like, oh my god, like it. I literally stopped reading when I when I when I when I uh. I knew about that. Like it's it's very unusual for a certain serial killer to have that one, that kind of uh, that kind of professional vibe, that kind of professional experiences, and then he was like he was like a uh, was like um, director. He was a director <laughs> at that one place, and mm. he wrote was it he 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 wrote something about preventing rape. Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. And it, it, it's the odd. irony there. It's the, it's the irony like like he he's known for being a rapist and then he's, he's trying to promote the like the the anti-rape things and like the campaigns like oh my god the audacity with the, with the gen z terms right now the audacity of this of this man like that but anyways yes i was really i was really surprised like and then also i have uh i have actually searched about one thing about Bundy, like he broke the typical stereotype of this kind of serial killer. Like the CIA, the FBI was really puzzled. Like, is it uh, is it the normal personality for uh for a certain ser a serial killer to be aloft in in public, like to be creepy? But there's another guy, Ted Bundy. He's not creepy. He's so handsome. He's very professional. Like that, he broke the stereotype, like that. So it's it's kind of it's kind of telling the these organizations who, who really solve crimes to hey uh stop stereotyping stop generalizing everyone <laughs> like everyone else can be like i'm so sorry everyone else can be a serial killer and also when it comes to um yeah john wayne gacy which really i search about his face but the, that clown face and it really creeps me out <laughs> like i i can totally relate to you anton like it's it's really it's really scary like i have now an association when it comes to clowns <laughs> well anyways so yeah i i never thought that he's very he's very kind to the to the community to the community that he's in he's trying to be into politics as well like trying to be a precinct captain for the Democratic Party, like wow, you you must be national nationalistic uh, kind of vibe like that. So and also, um, but then there is some there's some uh, sort of a red flag with him. Like he's uh he's also like into uh, abusive stuff, and it really like maybe this is this is the kind of uh like a way for him to engage into this murderous crimes or the serial killings because i think uh, i think from that we can really see that there's sort of a problem in terms of psychological aspect like what mm. i 
what I really cannot understand that we don't know this person. We just knew him because of media and also the exposure of their stories. But we do not know to why he, he engages to the, these kind of stuffs. And also, uh, I think there is something about, like, I have also known or have researched about uh, Dennis Andrew Nielsen. So, yes, he was uh, trying to murder some man who that he can have a he can have a good relationship because he was he was really like he was really into attachment like he has he has had some attachment issues which which is really like like it really bothers me out like when i when i really when i search about his story and and i when i knew about his story like i understand to why why they uh, or he engages to this uh, to this kind of like, this kind of activities like his killing like maybe he's trying to fill in the void to fill in the gap which happened that he lost his uh, grandfather like uh, this this is a significant uh, caregiver to him and I think that that's the for me from the, from my perspective when I read his story I think this is the this is the um, the, like the uh, key <laughs> to having these uh, kind of uh, kind of uh, killings that he that he had in the past. Like, the, these like these stories of the serial killers might be be gruesome, but then when we when we try to understand, when we try to open our minds to really getting to know on why why did you like why or what made you made you kill these number of people like that but then you cannot really answer it i i guess only them can answer that right <laughs> i even i even recalled like one you know just on the top of my head um was it hh holmes mm-hmm. dude created a murder castle like he would lure people into his apartment mm-hmm. and then he designed traps, you know, traps that would instantly kill the people who rented or who stayed in. Mm-hmm. And that went on for a long, long time. You know, all those body piles stacking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine designing a room with poison gas or designing a room with torture materials that will that can instantly kill. And yeah. you find satisfaction in watching someone like just walk in. And uh, to stay in, and then that was the murder point, you know. And yeah. and you're in the guise of a businessman who owns a place, right? So doctor, right? <laughs> so things like that. I mean, I didn't play inside, and even they live somehow somewhat normal lives in a way. They they have pets, man. Some of them have pets. Some of them had. Jo- they, those are fancy jobs, Diva. Right? Those are fancy jobs, and that's that's where everything gets blurry, right? For some reason, I think that's what draws some people to serial killers because they want to know what's different, and sometimes the yeah. media exaggerates that. But sometimes, when if they dig a little more deeper into serial killing, they actually realize now how human they and relatable they were. Except for the killing part, right? That's 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 a that's a choice thing that happens. It has to be, right? And where it gets all blurry is where we draw the line. Like, 
let let me try to put this in like into perspective where like where does it all began diba? surely it does not happen overnight yes. but it somehow happens right the uh, where did where did innocently killing someone or regardless if it, that's the first reason or not turned into like an endless thrill for more and more and more and more and like where is the line Oh, no. Well, actually, there's there's some perspective to uh to that certain kind of question, like where did all did it all began? Like some uh, some of the some of the like stories that I have heard or the researcher researches that I have also read from these kind of people, the serial killers that are so famous. Some of them really um points out that it's it's from the childhood it's from the childhood perspective or like something when you grow up like imagine this uh N- nielsen or N- see i know and this andrew nielsen like he was he grew up seeing like the pictures of from his uncle if i'm right yeah in, in uh from his uncle who is a vet, uh, vietnam uh, is a veteran from the vietnam war and then um saw some horrid pictures about uh, these kind of people who were killed like that like i think it it really elicited elicited trauma on, on him well i think that is that is one of the few things that made him really really stick to that idea of killing like killing is good or killing is okay like that but well we do not know the full story mm. but i guess it, it's, it's the main like the trigger point Mm. All right. So, like, you're 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 talking about violence, exposure to violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I think there's a point that has to be said with that. Um, violence and its influence on you as a kid really molds your character as you grow up. Yeah. Right? Like, and some people they do not always come from the best households. Yeah, some people. Mm-hmm hardly knew the parents some people had abusive parents some had like platform parents some not so good not all at all like not not in their sketch and that's not always the determiner but we know that that's just one piece of the puzzle right that's just one aspect of the puzzle so like then how about you and you got any thoughts on you know like where it all began for you yeah yeah um for me um uh, Audi just said about the role of the childhood, how the person was reared up. Maybe he or she had experienced a violence, trauma, or abuse. But my perspective is also might be um, another um, piece of the puzzle that you just shared, Anton, mm-hmm. because with the advancement of science and technology, we have now the ability, I mean, the researchers or the those institutions um, that can do those different tests or mm-hmm. brain scans to be specific have also um, found evidences linked between some biological makeup on the brain or on the neurotransmitters that might shape how the person behaved. Um, there have been studies, I think, that um, certain um, people who are into serial killings are course they are quote-unquote called psychopath or sociopath mm-hmm. they have this uniform or 
in a way, consistent findings on their brain scans. I'm not sure what part of the brain is that, but they found out a link that certain parts of the brain um, is activated or or I think there must be some part of the brain that is not found on, on the normal person's brain. That might also um, explain why that person um, might ha don't have that particular behavior. What 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 comes to my mind is that when we talk about serial killings, um, they kill person. But what's the purpose mm -hmm. of the killing? Do they see these people as people? And if yes, why do they kill this person? Right. So maybe mm -hmm. they they do not view. They have different perceptions on the people compared to us. Maybe they have different views, and that dif and that difference might came from their biological makeup inside their bodies or inside their brains. So that's my take on that as well. Mm, I see. Yeah, I mean, just to add to that, like, like you know, we, you mentioned childhood and then from, from part of that, it's the biological makeup of the brain, right? We know that for, for the fact that DNA is copied over, over genes, genes rather, is copied over and over again and they tend to gather it's not really trait we can't really say traits but it has something to do with genes but right the biological threshold of when it's gonna crack and when somebody you know the levels of anxiety the threshold is very different from person to person right and a part of that is has to be the genetic makeup including with the social events that occur in a lifetime of a person so i wouldn't say there's it's hard it's funny you know because we tend to generalize serial kill, killings but it's really hard but it's easy to generalize but if we look in a deeper perspective it's actually a very case-to-case -case, special oriented tailor-fitted story exactly. of a person's life and why they choose to go and do that right? mm -hmm. so when we take that into consideration it's very subjective However, we also need to understand that just because someone's story is this and that does not give you the justification to go out on a murder spree. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it does yeah. not give you that. Like, no matter how hard of that life gives you yeah. in some way, how, how bitter or angry it might be, doesn't mm -hmm. really justify you taking another man's life. Or rather, in this case, taking several lives. Mm -hmm. for that and that's the crazy part because we know going back to Adi she mentioned violence exposure there is so much violence in the media in regards to serial killing it's been fantasized yeah. over and over and over just like two Philippine ghost horror stories was back then yeah forget about ghost stories we want to hear suspense thriller serial killers yeah right so yeah. those are things things that change and that molded a generation of people that are very interested in that however the greatest fear or what fear do i have for that is how they perceive evil how they perceive the normality of things because it's one thing to know what is right and wrong it's another thing to actually choose between right and wrong Right? Mm -hmm. you, that's the that's the that's the catch there we we know right? evil can be perceived as you knowing it's not good but you doing it anyway right? yeah right yeah. 
fun. I think yes. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah. I think I think I think uh, these uh, kind of stories on the serial killers are really like I have a term inside my mind right now. It's mediafied. It's mediafied. It's exaggerated. Like like these kind of guys are really doing uh, horrific things, which really they did. But then uh, like media doesn't really cover why. Why did they do it? Did they do it? That, that what what made them do it like that so it, it's really exaggerated and the fact that the fact that people enjoyed these kind of stuffs so they they kind of bite to it the media bites to it so that they can they can really profit to the to these kind of people who really fantasize these kind of stories so it's yeah. yes the term is mediafy <laughs> like i made it up or i don't know if it's if it exists <laughs> like i really i i just made it up like everything is mediafied when it comes to the to these kind of stories from the serial killers like they did not like the people does not really uh, engage to understanding more like they are more they're more leaning towards the the horror of these kind of uh, this kind of stories and maybe some of them were u- used as a threat to kids to go home early <laughs> to never stay long outside <laughs> like that maybe some of these some of these uh, serial killers are used to be used towards children to scare them like that so like I know that uh, we are we are talking about the foreign serial killers but uh, we also have one in, <laughs> you mean, in our yeah, country, and they yeah, are yeah. used to scare yeah, the yeah, children. So, yeah, you know, so, yeah. Next thing you know, somebody says, "Oh, there's gonna be a guy that spits on your chinelas when you go." Yes. <laughs> that guy is so sorry. Uh, alias, what do you got? I do not know about. I do not know about that. Yeah. I guess it, it's in your locality. It's not yeah. in my locality. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, uh, what's What's more? Yours is more of what Maria Labo. Is it? Was that? I do not know. But uh, in 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 the place where I grew up, it's more on the poisoning stuff. Ah. Okay. <laughs> well, I well, I really do not know anything about the serial killers in our place. But it's more on the poisoning. Uh, okay. not the, but it's more on the po- poisoning stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, see, how do you close it out, Ron? Got anything else? Um, yeah, um, I do agree with with what you just said, no. But my takeaways for everyone, especially to our listeners, including to myself, no matter how advanced our society or science and understand the human behavior, we are still being played by a lot of questions in life. Like mm-hmm. Audie just said that okay about trauma about abuse that might shape the the behavior of the serial killer. But I just said earlier as well that there might be also some aspects of the biological makeup of the person. But until now, even if we are advanced in, in our science, there are still a lot of questions are being asked. So my questions would be, for example, um, is it more on the biological makeup of the person or? Is it more on the how the person was brought up, or is it the interaction of these factors? And if these interactions interact with each other, which contributes more? So it's it still fascinates, and it, it seems that um the um there's a lot of questions that I need that needs to be answered, and it just 
amazes me how complex a person or a human can be. And for serial killers, I also agree with Anton that we just cannot, there's no one fit um, perspective or one fit picture of a serial killer. Because from the discussion earlier, different serial killers have their own different ways of killing, their their own different ways of satisfying their need to kill a person. So it just brought the uh, it just boils down to to the person's preferences and characteristics. And in a way, it just amazes me more how complex human can be and so much more the quote unquote the serial killers. Mm, yeah, thanks, Rod. So to close it out, yeah, n- regardless of how many pieces we put together in a in a jigsaw that we call life, we will always be missing one piece. Right? There is always one piece that's left unanswered, and that's gonna be an endless, endless, endless discussion. So yeah. that closes tonight, and thank you for joining our Empty Year Glass podcast. My name is Anton. Here's Audrey. Here's Ron. And, Ron. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you and come by. <laughs> <laughs>